0: Welcome back to the Motivated Mompreneur podcast. Today I am talking with Ashley Sang all about strategic brand messaging and audience personas. So, this is going to be a super tactical episode full of all sorts of juicy nuggets and takeaways. So, get your pencils and notebooks ready. Ashley, I would love to welcome you into the podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well. It's sunny here. So, happy days. <laughs>
0: oh, it is
1: gray and
0: cloudy, but I think the sunshine is headed our way tomorrow. So you are uh, giving me hope for brighter skies tomorrow. So before we dive into this topic, tell us more about yourself, who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, thank you. So let's start with the personal. I am based in central Illinois. Um, My husband is from Senegal in West Africa, which is where we were before moving here. And we have a Almost one and a half year old. By the time this publishes, she will be one and a half. um, Light of my life. And also, as you know, so, so uh, all-consuming. So that is a big portion of my day and week and life in general. Um, And then on the business side, I do values-aligned brand messaging strategy. So really getting to the heart of what you as a founder, a brand, a practitioner want to be known for how you want to stand up for your values in order to stand out and how you can connect with the people that you really, really want to connect with. Um, And so do that through really understanding your values and your audience and the messages that matter in between those two buckets. And for me, it's all about having more clarity to get more visible, and then ultimately feeling more confident so that your business can not only do good, but also feel really, really good.
0: Oh, that is so good. And I love it because what you're doing is you are harnessing the superpower that we all have inside of us. And that is our authenticity. It Mm is us. We are oftentimes the face of our brand and that's what makes us stand out. And I think as... Women and moms, we tend to, I don't know, shy away from it a little bit and try and blend in and do what everybody else is doing. So why
1: is it important to stand out? Yeah, and standing out can feel scary, right? Um if you come from corporate America, standing out is a bad thing, right? If you, um, I don't know, were bullied in school or have some sort of identity that um, has historically or even just personally been uh, discriminated against, or if you just have negative experiences with being the odd one out, it can feel very negative. But- In the online space, in business, standing out is the only way to thrive because there are a million and one coaches. There are a million and one strategists, copywriters, web developers, like whatever it is that you do, there are so many other options out there for your audience. And so being really clear with who you serve is one place to start and one place that will carry you through your entire experience and all of your decision-making are your values? So when you are clear on your values, you have something to point to, uh, that is rooted in a decision that past you has made. Um, you have taken the time to reflect on. This is what's really important to me. This is what I know will resonate with the people I want to reach, whether they're partners, whether they're clients, whether it is um, you know thought leadership circles. Standing out will. Feel really, really good when it is in alignment with your values. And it will also attract that circle of people that you want in your orbit. And it will simultaneously repel those people you don't want in your orbit or who just you know you are not uniquely positioned to serve. So standing out is really important because it's the only way your business can grow. And it is the way that you can connect on a very very human deep level with people on the receiving end of your business of your brand
0: oh so good i love that explanation of it because you're right it's so deeply rooted within us it may go back to our childhood that you don't want to be the the kid that gets picked on and incorporate, yeah you have to conform to certain things of the, the organization that you're working for. So I think the way you articulated that is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And taking the time to really get clear on what those values are is so, so important. What are some questions we can start to ask ourselves to really identify what those values are to us?
1: Yeah, values are really unique because it's something that it's obvious, right? You live and breathe it. It's it's like so core to you that you it's easy to then overlook it, right? right. Or it's hard to then articulate it. Um. Yeah. So the entire brand messaging strategy process and the entire values unearthing is taking everything in your head and heart and translating that into something, right? So I like that you asked what questions can we ask ourselves? Because it's it's a deeply self-reflective process. And I highly recommend you both take the time to self-reflect and get outside perspective. Whether it is a business bestie, whether it is a mom friend, a life partner, a mastermind, a coach, a consultant, get someone to reflect it back to you after you've taken the time to reflect. Um, so some questions, um, I have a bunch of resources around this. So definitely email me or DM me or something if if you want resources around um, unearthing your values. But some questions could be, um, A, just what do you want to be known for? How do you want to make people feel? Your values are your how in your business. They're the way you make decisions. They're the way you make people feel. They're the way people internally and externally experience your brand. So how do you want to make people feel? That's one question you can ask. Um, One question, I don't like to focus on the negative, but sometimes it's a useful tool to to find the positive side. Um, So one question you can ask yourself is, when have I been deeply mortified? That is how I was able to personally um, change one of my values is when I was accidentally mortified and I realized, ooh, this is so important to me. Uh, Being in integrity is so important to me because I was out of integrity unintentionally And I was so deeply mortified that I realized, ding, 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 integrity is important to me, my brand, and how I show up in the world. Um, And then flip side of that, um, what makes you so supremely proud? You know, like what really lights you up um, and just makes you feel really good? That's one way. Um, And then even you can look at like the nuts and bolts of your business, your values shine through not only in your marketing and messaging, but also your operations. So I actually work with a lot of clients whose core value um, is simplicity and that manifests in many different ways. Um, So asking yourself those questions is that first step of establishing what your values are. And then the next step is uniquely defining what those values mean to you and your business and your audience, right? Because again, many clients of mine have had simplicity as a value, but the way they define it is completely different. The way it manifests in their business is completely different. So if transparency, for example, is important to you and your business, you might talk about income reports, but you would never talk about personal family matters or vice versa, right? Both are transparent, but it's how you define what transparency means to you and your audience that allows you to decide how to show up. And then um, I know this is a bit beyond the scope of your question, but once you ask yourself those questions, you establish those values, you define what they mean to you, the next step is actively applying them. So really think about every single facet of your business. How and where do your values show up? And where can they shine through even more explicitly and deeply? Oh, so, so good. And I love how you
0: started out with saying, you know, it's often so obvious that we don't even know what those values are. So mm-hmm. that's why taking the time to do this is so important. And I like how you, you said, too, it's not just a matter of asking yourself these questions, but having someone there. To reflect off of because i think sometimes we get stuck in our heads and we don't see the obvious because it is so obvious and Mm -hmm. when you are when those are out of alignment it really does translate into just a mishmash within our messaging and and then even our audience personas maybe we're not calling the right people in because things aren't quite lined up in the right way and then really doing that deep dive into what does this mean to you how do you define this because that right there that's what pulls our business apart from all the other as you said thousands of people that are doing the exact same thing that we are but it's our own unique set of of ways of doing things and how we act and life experiences that's our superpower right there and i just love that (laughs) oh so so good so let's dive in a little bit more to audience personas so what let's start super broad what is an audience persona
1: yeah so this is also one of those things that's sometimes so obvious that we don't take the time to put it down on paper. And then we realize, oh, we need to backtrack so that we can really be intentional with what we're doing here. Uh Um, So your audience persona is basically a representation of the core group of people you want to reach, right? Um, Of course, you can serve many different people, of course your offers might be able to help x y or z different lived experiences or different transformations but your decision making should be based on one key person and it's it's one person that represents a group right um they can be made up you know just really this ideal maybe you're starting from scratch or maybe you're pivoting or maybe um you just are amalgamating all the best qualities from all of the past experiences with clients or customers you've had. And you're creating this ideal person. I recommend putting a name and a face to that person. Uh, and they represent this group of people. And all of your evergreen messaging and copy speaks directly to that one person. So your Instagram bio can only speak to one person, right? Um, or you, you only have so many characters. So if you spread yourself across these three different buckets, how many characters are you going to have left, right? Same thing with your homepage copy, same thing with your boilerplate um, on events that you host or press releases that you send out. So having that one core audience allows you to anchor all of your content ideas, all of your offering and pricing, all of your marketing and operational decisions. Um, If you put it through a lens of who's my audience and what are my values and ideally where do they overlap, that is where all the magic happens. Um, And then when you are building your audience persona, I highly recommend that you consider two buckets of qualities about that person. So one is their demographics. So that's maybe what we think of when we think of an audience personas. I help, you know, millennial moms with two or less kids who live in, you know, middle America. Okay. That's awesome. That, that does probably say a lot about who they are potentially, or potentially that is so irrelevant, right? Their demographics are who they are on paper versus their psychographics, which is who they are as a person, what they care about, what they value, what their preferences are, what their problems are. So this is um, much more of that um, high achieving moms who quit their job to be with their baby, but still want an income, right? Like that's very specific and speaks to how it is that they're thinking and making decisions and feeling. So I highly recommend thinking about both. And using data when you have it. But again, just thinking about real conversations you've had or real experiences that uniquely position you to serve those types of people.
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is just the the saying that when you're trying to speak to everyone, you're speaking to no one. Mm -hmm. And there's a book I just recently reread. I don't know if you've ever read this one called The One Thing. I cannot think of the author, but you know, he really just hones into on this, it's, you know, selling that one product to one person that solves one problem over and over and over. And when you take the time to identify these audience personas, that process is so much easier because like you taught us, you can then use that in your content in your decision making in your marketing in every single aspect of your business so yes this is one of those things that takes a little bit of of work it takes some time to really get clear on it once you've gained that clarity it really seems like it will make everything else so much easier and then you're speaking to that one person and they're going how is she know what i'm struggling with how is she in my head and I really find that often we are looking over those, the psychographics, you know, we're not, we're so focused on the demographics. Okay. What is the age? What is the sex? What is, you know, this, that, the other, that we're forgetting to, you know, speak to their desires and what problems they have, what they really want, what that transformation is. And that's where we can really start to hone in that messaging.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can absolutely, A, evolve the persona as your business evolves, right? So maybe you start serving a certain group of people and then maybe your skills improve. Maybe you want to charge more. Maybe your time is reduced because you just had another baby or something like that. And so you need to change who it is that you want to serve. And so therefore your audience changes. Or sometimes you just organically grow with your audience, right? Maybe you start by serving new business owners and you're also, you know, just one or two steps ahead of them and you continue to be one or two steps ahead of them, but they're in a different phase of their business. So now all of a sudden you're teaching or offering something different to that same group of people, but are, who are in a different circumstance, right? So your audience will evolve um and it's 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 a loop right so as your audience evolves it changes your business as your business changes it changes your audience and it it's really an ebb and flow
0: yes yes now when you do notice that things are starting to become unaligned or maybe you need to reanalyze your audience personas what advice do you give Um, your clients or or those that you're working with in terms of, you know, is it going on market research calls? Is it working with a coach? What do you advise for being the best method to kind of evolve that that audience over time as things are changing?
1: Yeah, I think it's a combination approach. Um, So one thing you can constantly be doing, one of my favorite, like, quote unquote, marketing hacks is to continuously poll your audience. Like if you asked your newsletter list or your favorite social platform followers or wherever it is that you show up a different question every single week of the year that's a 52 page or a 52 question survey that you've collected over the course of the entire year right without overwhelming them without overwhelming yourself so that's one way sort of constant check-ins with your audience um, to get a temperature reading of the room of the space that you're in um, can be very useful you can also have um, targeted conversations with either people you think you really want to work with or people you have worked with um, and you want more of them, right? Like attracts like. If, if you, That's why you want to aim for that core target audience because they probably know more people like them. And if you get enough of those outliers who are not the perfect fit, they might be bringing more wrong fit people into your orbit. So um, having really targeted conversations with people could be a way to do it. Um, Another way would be to simply have your active listening skills activated all the time. What questions continue to pop up every time you do a workshop, every time you post a piece of content, every time you get on a sales call? um, If it seems like, wow, everyone is asking about this, but I haven't really addressed this. Maybe that is a new entry into a new audience, right? Or a way to connect with your existing audience. Um, And then the last element, which again should not be overlooked, is that gut check element. Do I get really excited about working with this group of people? Does this light me up when I say I work with X, Y, or Z type of person? is is that exciting to me? Do I feel really good about that? Or is there some other group that I'm sort of secretly wishing I could work with? Um, You run your business. You you, you get to follow those wishes and those whims and those desires, Um, even if it is not um, cold turkey, right? Maybe you do need to sustain your income doing whatever you've been doing, but you can in some other way expand to this new audience and then transition slowly or transition. Eventually Um, there's no right or wrong way to transition and evolve in your business. It's all about what capacity you have and the level of urgency you feel you have.
0: And your gut will never lead you wrong. And that right there is pure gold because I think so many times we almost rationalize our way out of things and don't pursue what we know in our gut is the right option we have all the answers inside of us often we're avoiding them though but even active listening i appreciate that you mentioned that because that is so key just listening and i think it's a lost art form the art of listening because our clients our followers everyone that's attending our our trainings, they are telling us exactly what they need. They are communicating their desires if we only take the opportunity to listen. And polls, I love that you mentioned that too, because I am I am an indecisive person and I get <laughs> in my head, but polls are the perfect way to really gauge, okay, what is it that you want? What is it that you desire? in my facebook community i'm throwing polls up there all the time because i don't want to spend the time and energy creating something if it's not what my audience wants and needs and will help them because i want to create resources that provide value to them i'm not just creating them for me
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and polls are really fun because it can be purely personal like it can purely be you know do you have one beverage, two beverages, three beverages, or like right, the, the right. limit does not exist. It can be very like fun and just, you know, uh, trust building on that very human level. It can be very specific to, I'm going to create this thing. Like say yes or no, if this is useful to you, bam, you know, there's your answer. Um, I also like when I was launching my podcast, I was pulling my audience for taglines and for um, other factors like, What part of this would resonate with you? What part wouldn't? Like how often, how long, all the things. Um, And so bringing them on the journey can really, A, give them a peek behind the scenes, build that trust, but also it can guide your decision making so that you don't have to make all those decisions all alone.
0: Yes, exactly. Bringing them alongside you on the journey. I mean, what better way to build community, to build engagement, and then too, what I'll do is sometimes in my Instagram stories, I'll be, you know, I'll put a poll up there, and if participants of the poll answer a certain way, I'll be like, hey, I do have this resource. Here's the link. If you're interested, you know, it's free. Mm-hmm. Um, using technology to our advantage, you know, just again, you're listening to what they need and then providing the solution to them. Mm-hmm. So that right there is just game a game changer. Mm-hmm. So once you really get clear on that strategic brand messaging, get clear on those audience personas, Oh, you're going to see that business skyrocket. Yeah. Ashley, this was absolutely incredible information you shared with us. Thank you so much for taking the time to do so.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for facilitating the conversation. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yes. How can we get into your world and learn more about you?
1: Yeah. So I think the best, most relevant resource would be to download a visionary's guide to elevator pitches. So this is totally free. Um, I think we'll have it linked in the show notes, ashleysang.com slash motivated mom. And this is your framework to talk about what you do and why it matters. And I have, I outline not only your sort of formal elevator pitch that you would maybe use on a Zoom call or on a podcast intro, but also I touch on that dinner party description. So bringing down to earth what you would explain to your neighbor or Uncle Bob at, you know, a dinner to... Convey what it is that you do, why it matters, who it's for, and and what makes you special. Um, And then, of course, you can follow me on social, reach out. I would love to hear your elevator pitch. Um, And, um, of course, you can listen to my podcast, the Purpose and Progress Podcast, where we chat all things values alignment.
0: I love it. Be sure to download that freebie and (laughs) listen into the podcast. Ashley is truly incredible at what she does. So thank you again, Ashley. I appreciate you.
1: Thanks so much.
0: And until next time, mamas, stop dreaming and start taking messy action. You've got this. Are you loving what you're hearing? Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode.